Hello and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the podcast where every episode we take a plunge into cinema sewer and pull out the juiciest turds just for you. Uh, turds being quite appropriate given some of the gags in this film, uh, <laughs> we are looking at Zach and Miri make a porno. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. How's it going? Uh, and yeah, Zach and Miri make a porno, the probably most forgotten Kevin Smith film. I would say. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I I find this one difficult because I've got a bit of a soft spot for this film. Um, I'll tell you why. When I first started listening to podcasts, I, th- I think it was you that put me on to um, onto Kevin Smith's um, podcast, and I was traveling a lot with work, so I used to put them on in the car. And for m- the months while they were shooting and he was cutting this film, he used to talk about it, um, of what they were doing and sort of the various things that were going on with it. And... It's like you kind of know as a, as a listener, you kind of went on a journey with him to the point where once you, you know when the film came out, all oh, right, okay, this is the film he's been talking about, and so for it to release and offer it to open the way it did, um, which I'll come on to um, in a bit. So to, to open as poorly as it did, and then to be as largely forgettable as it was, I think was a bit of a kick in the nuts for me. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it did open poorly. There are reasons, which uh, yeah, yes, we'll, we'll get into as we go through. And and yeah, like like you're saying with the podcast, I've I've been a, a fan of Kevin Smith for for years um again it's you know well along with Buffy and things it's one of the things that first led us to become friends uh mm-hmm. and so I was listening to to Smodcast and all those early on as well but um I think maybe more so than this I had that connection you're talking about with Red State um yeah I followed the whole Red State Diaries thing very closely and and then of course Tusk as well after it but this one like yeah even though we, we talk about it a lot and that, like yeah I was excited when it came out this is you know, make no mistake, this is very clearly a Kevin Smith film, and, and yes. it feels like one. Uh, and to that extent, I I like it too, don't get me wrong, but I just, I do kind of forget this film exists. Um, I've seen it, uh, I think the rewatch for this was, was maybe my third time yeah, altogether. Same. same for me. Um, you know, as compared to More Rats, which I couldn't even fucking tell you how many times I've seen More Rats. <laughs> Um, or chasing Amy and Clerks for that matter either, but but more rats specifically. Um, but see, the thing is, I I kind of like this film. I think is probably the best way to put it. There, I and I want to like this film. Yeah. But there are two massive, massive problems with it. Huge problems. Yeah, I think so. For me, yeah. And now those two permeate the entire film essentially that's that's the problem i i've i've been thinking about this all day i I didn't rewatch till yesterday which is quite late for me but then i've been thinking all day about how i'm actually going to address this on the pod because uh every issue that i have with this film and you know to be fair i've only got one i've only got two and a bit pages of notes whereas you know no, no, no. Sometimes with, with this show, especially, I can have six, seven pages of notes of things that piss me off about the films we're watching. Um, and most of them relate to, to two very specific issues, uh, but they're huge. They, they are absolutely unforgivably huge. 
Um, and it's a shame because, you know, it, other, other than that, it does feel like a Kevin Smith film. You know, the, the dialogue is, is hilarious, as you would expect. It's well observed. Um, it's, it's got a lot of heart. It's, it's all the things that I like about Kevin Smith with two just huge flaws, which is we'll get into. They'll come out naturally in conversation, yeah. I think, is, is how I've decided to go with this. And, and listeners, you'll pick up on the theme as I go. Um, but yeah, how did we come to get this on the list then? Because I don't think either of us particularly hate this. Was this suggested by listeners or was this one that... I think it was one that we kind of went, well... I can't remember. I don't think it was suggested. I think it was one of those we kind of just went, well, we've got loads of films that people believe are shit and are shit, things like Battlefield Earth. Um, and then there are lots of films that people have got, you know, people assume are shit. Or they, people, I've heard other people say are shit, so they kind of go along with that. And this is one of these films that has that sort of reputation. People will say it's shit, but they don't know why. Yeah, and I think I... that for me that was kind of it. I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I I like it more than I possibly should. Um, it's just it wasn't what I expected it to be, and I I, I was heartbroken for the guy when it tanked. Um, just sort of seeing how he, you know, how how well he built up to him, what what he was trying to do with it. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of it just sort of came up because we we you know we had a list of things that we knew were going to be shite, and and we had we hadn't seen in decades. And then we had a list of things which, you no, know, this of the, you know, the so bad they're good sort of films. And this is kind of one of those where it's just, you know, forgettable. And I think that was kind of the thing with it. It, it. Yeah. My summation at the end of this film is that it is utterly forgettable. Um, and I, I always feel bad for Kevin Smith when one of his films tanks. And largely, um, I feel especially bad for him because I mostly think they're very good. Mm. Um, I, I do have issues with this one though, but yeah, I, I think because he's so open um, and because he is so embracing of of his fans and mm. and takes you on that ride through that process, yeah. By the time a film releases, you do feel like you've kind of been there every step of the way with him, and so to sort of to go through a project from its inception when you're very excited through shooting where you're really enthusiastic and and you're just running on pure energy at times. Mm. Uh, to, to then take all of that creativity and that energy and just see it dashed up against the wall uh, is is heartbreaking. Um, and, you know, that's why we, we're always so careful to say on this show, you know, that, that we're always kind of um, aware of the fact that to get anything made is a fucking miracle, oh, you know, God, and, yeah. and making a film is hard. Um, so, you know, th- there is that to it. Um, but nevertheless, there are some some unforgivable for me anyway, issues with yeah, this. But yeah, uh, right. but okay, to, to dive in then. Um, I mean, there is a lot of good as well, but but to dive in. Um, <laughs> the the opening is is decent enough. I, I don't have any dramas with the opening. And until we get to the first scene in, in the coffee shop. Oh, and then, yeah. Like, this isn't just me, right? Like how? No, this is... I know how, this how the fuck this got is, through, I have no idea. I know this film is 12 years old, but... But it's 12, not 112. Yeah, like how many negative stereotypes can we fit in one scene? Seriously. Well, well, that's it. I mean, I know there, there was conversation and say from. Unfortunately, I, I tried going back a couple of weeks ago when we we sort of were putting our schedule together and we and we had this one coming up. Um, I tried going back to find those podcasts from those sort of that's sort of two thousand seven, two thousand eight period um, where this was all going on, and they're not available anymore. You can't get them on smartcast.com, You can't get them through iTunes or Google. They, they just don't exist anymore. Um, I don't know why. Um, it's just one of those. I mean, there's that much fucking back catalog. It's probably just a case of nobody wanted them anymore. Um, 
but I, I vaguely remembered this being a sort of a very um, exaggerated version of the the guy who ran the quick stop, or who okay. owned the quick stop. Um, so there was again, there was that sort of basis to it, and people kind of expected. You, know, you look at clerks, and there was a, a shitty boss who never, who never showed up, and uh, Dante had to do all the work. Um, this is kind of just an exaggeration of that, whereby you know the the boss treats his employees like shit. Only time this not only just reference here is that he turns up once in a while. Um, so there was, I think there was a there was a basis for that, but I mean, yeah, horrible, horrible stereotyping. Um, and this is the the worst the worst evidence of that. But I mean, it's not the worst dialogue you'll get in the film, or the most offensive dialogue you get by a long chalk. Um, no, and, and I mean, it's, it's, such... but it's it's the most uncomfortable scene though for me. I think that it's just yeah. so yeah. so fucking far wrong. It's definitely when it, whenever this character is brought up, um, and we do call back to it later on as well. Mm. Whenever this character is brought up, it is very uncomfortable for me. Yes. I think, and I think especially you know for for listeners who who may be outside of the UK, this this Indian stereotype permeates our culture, um, yes. and and especially did at the time that we were growing up. Uh, this was the butt of many a joke. So it is something that I am very culturally aware of. As well. and the thing is that you did you did kind of get in certainly in this country with the BBC you had um, stuff like the Kumars and goodness gracious me where they tried to almost sort of reappropriate it um, and yeah it just I don't know for whatever reason it just seemed to become very accepted as you said and it's not I know it's not something I ever really wanted or it's not something I ever clearly gravitated towards um, but yeah just no I wasn't expecting to see it and I'd forgotten I said that's you're going to get that a lot in in this episode is that I'd forgotten elements of this film and this being a particularly bad one of them because it's I don't know whether I've forgotten or I repressed it but it's just something that just has no place no and and here is the start of one of the major problems with the film for me this isn't the main one um, but there are some incredibly offensive tropes utilized yes. in this film which i'll be honest as i say only the third time of watching absolutely shocked me to come yeah. from kevin smith specifically who is generally hyper accepting and sensitive of this kind of stuff and look you know bad taste comedy is one thing but i mean yeah. this this seems really ignorant at times i mean in a there's, way there's that... one in not too in the not too distant future in this film as well which i think it, it upset it, it probably upset me more just because as a because of because of where it's come from, and we'll talk about it when we get to it. But again, it, I said it, it shocked me. The, these sorts of things you don't expect. And you expect these sort of things um, in fucking jackass and stuff like that. You don't expect this from a nuanced writer, and it's a very well observed, um, a very, very observational writer. You don't expect this sort of thing. So it, it knocked me for six. And so I, I, I watched. I saw it in the cinema when it came out. I watched it when it came out on DVD, and I bought it. Um, and I, I made uh, Tori sit down and watch it with me, and she got up halfway through and said, "What the fuck is this nonsense?" Um, or words to that effect. Mm. Um, and then I watched it last night. Um, so I mean, I've not watched this film in like eleven years. Um, I can't say I'll put it on again for another eleven years, to be honest. But it's just one of those. I'm, I sort of, I wasn't expecting half the stuff that came out of it. Neither was I, and I'm surprised that in in rewatching it. Um, I remembered all of the because I did have these issues first yeah. time out and second time out as well. But I I had just kind of forgotten about them completely. I was actually quite excited to rewatch this because hmm. I couldn't for the life of me remember why I don't watch it more. Um, and now I know why. Uh, so so yeah, th this is the start of of it. Um, but but the the Indian shopkeeper is is a minor offender. The 
the biggest defender and I will talk about it a lot throughout this podcast and it hasn't shown up just yet um mm. but I will talk about it a lot because she's such a major character um Miri's a fucking disgrace as a character mm. um I I'm shocked that I really am shocked that she came from Kevin Smith um she is a male power fantasy made flesh uh she she just exists solely for Zach to fuck uh she obsesses over first of all fucking Brandon Routh and then like she gets a head all in a spin when it comes to the fact that she may fuck her best friend and it's it's just that whole really cool really hot best female friend trope hmm. that is just reductive and offensive to be honest she's not a person she is just like what what is her agency in this film what does she want can you even tell me what her job is like what there is nothing about her character other than she's zach's best friend is really hot and wants to fuck him because she's secretly in love with him it's horrible Absolutely, yeah. and, and it's such a shame because Elizabeth Banks is wonderful. Um, there's times when she absolutely lights up the screen in this film because the dialogue for having said all of that is still great because it's Kevin Smith and she gets some stuff to sink her teeth into, um, but it's just so misguided and it's so... Oh, it's just horrible. And, and I'm super surprised about that because, you know, this this is a guy who lives in a house full of women as well. Hmm. Like, I mean, I, I've got to guess, I... There's some there's some themes in this. There's some there's some no, explicit content in this, um, and I don't mean explicit as in sexual, but you know, there are things that are not very explicitly laid out on, on screen. That it's done very well. The whole you know, the whole thing about you know, feel, you know the feeling of inadequacy going back to your high school reunion, you know, and you know, you've not really achieved much, and you've got other people there who are whatever. You you know that's that's kind of universal. You're always going to have that. The thing where you have unrequited feelings, well, yeah, that that's kind of that's that's always going to be a thing. But for whatever reason, somebody you would expect to be able to handle those quite deftly, given the work he's done before, especially when you look at um, sort of his um, his take on um, sort of the relationship in um, Chasing Amy, that there, there's a sensitivity you expected, which didn't come from this. And this this just sort of existed to be a series of crass jokes, more in a sort of that um, sort of super bad sort of way than an actual Kevin Smith film. Well, this is the thing. There, there are several times where I feel like this wants to be a bawdy comedy and just isn't. And that's part of the problem as well. It needs to be one thing or the other because yes. a lot of the really offensive content, like the Indian shopkeeper and stuff, you could get away with if it, they took the South Park approach and offended everybody and, and gave us this really bawdy comedy with just tits and ass everywhere. Yeah. Um, then you could get away with it. But Kevin Smith goes for the heart again in this, you know, and and that doesn't quite flesh then uh, flesh mesh. Sorry, Freudian slip. That doesn't quite mesh with the amount of flesh on offer. Um, it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't seem to work. And yeah, especially for me, like the unrequited love thing. Okay, fine. Um, but it's the fact that that Miri is just not a character. She is so two dimensional hmm. that that it just doesn't work at all. Like these two have been together for since high school. So what, I guess they're in the thirties. So yeah, like, like 20 years. And, and we just don't really get into that relationship at all. When it starts to break down and destruct, we don't get into the why and the wherefore of it. 
Um, well, yeah, it, I mean, the whole thing, it just seems to be that the two of them, and no, you, you hang, you, hang you, you move away, you hang it, but you hang in your movie on two characters where you don't actually get anything about them. They're more or less caricatures. And because of that, exactly it's very difficult. That's my issue. It's, it's very difficult to care about them. Um, I mean, so, you know, you said that Mary's two dimensional. Zach's not much better, to be honest. No, he's he's absolutely not, and I, and I'm not defending that either. But but Zach at least is our is our hero and has some agency. It's you know he's yeah, the one he, yeah, that he fucks up, yeah, everything. Yeah, he drives the story. Yeah, yeah, it's his paycheck that that you know that he spends on skates, so the power and everything gets cut off. And and Mary's just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And she only exists to serve Zach's story. And she hangs on his every word, goes along with his schemes. She's just the hot female best friend. And yeah. that trope is never good. You know, they should... They... Look, she can be hot and she can be his best friend and they can have unrequited love. But she needs to be a character and yeah. we need to understand why. Uh, and she's just not. She is just there to fuck him. It's it's just that's all she is. She's a fuck buddy, um, and it's a shame because then I'm not interested in their relationship. Um, yeah, that, that's it. And as, as, as it does break down later on, it's just like, well, there's there's no real no, there's not enough relationship that we've, we've observed to actually care about. No, not at all. And I, I think the the, the problem is, that, you know, it's a short film. It's only well, I say short. It's 102 minutes. It's it's fairly long for Kevin Smith. Actually, <laughs> as I say, for Kevin Smith, it's quite long. But out of four. What you know, I mean, this this was a, I think it was sort of heralded as an anti romantic comedy, wasn't it? Which you'd have been looking at about two hours at the no, that that's kind of the runtime now. They've, they've moved on from that sort of 85, 90 minutes, or they're no 100 plus. Um, so this, you know, this was kind of pitching at the right sort of level, but everything with everybody is so brief and it just flits from here to here to here to here to here. And you, you, if you blink, you can't keep up. I mean, the problem is it's not really about anything, as we said, because these yeah. characters aren't three dimensional. Um, there's no there's no real B story or anything to it. It's literally just that they can't pay their rent, so they decide to make a porno. Um, and look, as a concept, fine, but can you stretch that for an hour and forty minutes? Apparently not. Um, and you know, with with this kind of film where it's a romantic comedy and it's dialogue heavy, it's really important to get into those characters and have them drive the story. Mm. And that just doesn't happen. Um, so, yeah, well, look, to, to go through it then. Um, having said all of that, the one thing I will say is, as you would expect, the dialogue throughout occasionally is is offensive, but it is like A-plus writing. Like, yeah. the dialogue is is expert level, as, as you would as, expect from yeah. Smith. And, so, and, and as you said, no, I mean, it, it does go for the heart, which is, you know, which is his thing. And it doesn't fail there. No, it's... You do you do feel as much as you're ever going to feel where things are so brief and and so so difficult to follow, um, and so lacking. There no, there are still moments where you go, oh fucking hell, and it does you know it does just catch you a little bit. So I mean, you know, it's for you know, I mean we've talked for twenty minutes about it not you know, why it doesn't work, but you know, there are bits to it which I I genuinely I generally sort of went oh right, okay yeah I wasn't expecting that. And no, it, I, no it was it was quite moving in places, not the place it was possibly supposed to be, but you know. We'll come on to that. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll come on to it as we go through. Um, so yeah, we get that scene with the with the coffee shop owner, um, and then it becomes very clear uh, to me immediately that this is basically a, a pseudo clerks. Um, yes, Seth Rogen is just playing Stone Randall. Um, yeah, which must be really annoying, um, <laughs> because 
when you've got Jeff Anderson there, like, it's got to be pretty annoying, right? I'd have thought. Yeah. But hey, they're all getting paid, and obviously Seth Rogen uh, is a is a bigger draw. So, yeah. and uh, right. I think Jeff Anderson just happened to be getting paid at this point. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, so, so then moving on with the story, obviously we we find out that their power's been cut off because Zach's a gigantic fuck up, and spent that was the water was was the water first. Water first, then the power, because he's basically spent all their utility money on skates, um, and they go into their high school reunion, um, which is a nice setup, as you say, the whole thing about going back to a high school reunion and find out that, you know, nobody's amounted to anything and and that kind of thing. And obviously Millie's obsessed that she wants to get back at uh, this this guy that bullied her. So she gets herself a nice dress and basically wants to revenge fuck him. Um, but it goes nowhere. This scene has nothing to do with anything. No. Like, it, it doesn't inform the characters even moving forward. It's just a collection of gags. And we get yeah, to I have mean, Superman be gay, uh, yeah, which I mean, even, they seem to get a lot that, of mileage out of. Well, yeah, I mean, even before that, you get the bit where... Um, so they, they arrive and um, Schwabach is handing out the, the name badges. And there's a, a bit in there, you know, Zach didn't have a nickname. So his on his back is Zach, Zach Brown, because he didn't have a nickname. So, well... Yeah, that kind of sums up your entire character. There's nothing memorable about you. No. Um, no. And it, no, it's, I mean, whether that's intentional, I don't know. But it's just one of those you think, well, yeah, I kind of get that. And and hers is, you know, her nickname is just entirely derogatory, which again, you know, high school kids are assholes. But, you know, it's it's one of those you think, well, yeah, I just, you know, we're, we're, supposed to, you know, we're supposed to feel sorry for them at that point. But I just don't. Yeah, I, I just, this whole, and it goes on for some time as well, this high school reunion. And look, it's yeah. it's funny. It is funny. Um, again, kind of offensive. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was the, I mean, the the the, the Indian um, store owner. That no, that was offensive. The one that got me, and I, I correct me for I, is Kevin Smith's brother gay, or have I made yes. that up? Yeah. yeah. So part of me thinks that all of the crap that comes out where you've, you know they're having um, uh, fucking a Brandon Routh and Justin Long are having the argument, and he's there, and you know they talk just like us. They're just like a real couple. I mean, yeah, it's, it's bad, so isn't it? It, I mean, it's bad, but you kind of think that is that because of where it's coming from, you kind of think, well, he's kind of doing that to take the piss out of people who are like that. But if that's the case, it doesn't come off. I think it just that's comes definitely across, the intention. Yeah, and it just really it doesn't come off. It just comes across as Seth Rogen, um, as Zach being an being an ignorant idiot. Um, and it, it, I don't know. If, again, it's the sort of thing you don't hang on your lead. I, I think the problem is. Um, because, yeah, because he's the lead as well, and because he's Seth Rogen and he's playing it as a Stoner Randall essentially, yeah. um, that character's a little bit softer. And the idea is that we need to warm to him. So the place it's coming from, and, and context is very important here. The place it's coming from doesn't lend itself to us thinking he's taking the piss. Now, if that had been Jeff Anderson delivering that as Randall, it would have been very clear that it is a snipe at people like that because yeah. he's a nasty person. Yeah. Or can be, um, that doesn't play at all. No, I agree. Doesn't. Um, I don't for a second, knowing what I know about Kevin Smith, think that any of this is intentionally offensive. No, not for a second. I just think it doesn't play. Um, so yeah, that's not good. Uh, the bet about the best thing about all of this is the callback to, Earlier on, when Miri's getting changed in the in the coffee shop, there is a, a scene with um, where she's getting 
sort of changed and two youths are filming her on a very old phone um and I mean, it transpires that she's I mean, at the time, broken they, the internet well yeah i mean at, no that i think iphones were around at, when this was made but only just i mean flip phones and stuff like that would have you no know, was still a, a massive thing in america Oh yeah, when I say old, I mean it looks old now. It wouldn't yeah. have been old then. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just defending it because I had two of the fuckers. Yeah, well, I had a flip phone too. Um, it just looks old now uh, in in sort of in retrospect. But yeah, I thought the callback there was really nice. I thought yes. that that joke was was played for and got the whole granny panties thing, and it'll come back again later yeah. on. So so that was good. Um, you know, and then yeah, we we start to move through the story and. Just one of those examples of how good Elizabeth Banks is and how wasted this character is, you know, when they're having their conversation in the bar about what they're going to do. And yeah, and Zach suggests they make a porno and uh, just her delivery. She's utterly charming. You know, it's it's her delivery when they get to that's for tweens. Um, She's just wonderful. Like you can totally understand how Mm. Zach would maybe be obsessed with her, except that he's not. She's obsessed no, with him. This is and it. so I mean, it's this one-way street, which just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I've got to honest, that that exchange about it, it annoyed me a bit. And the reason it annoyed me, in, in context, it was it was fine. And it was it, it moved the story along. And so it did well for her character. But I have the same problem where you listen to Chris Jericho's podcast, you listen to Steve Austin's podcast, or you read any of their autobiographies and stuff like that. They've told all their good fucking stories in yeah. another medium. So when you get them, I remember the episode of Smartcast where... Kevin Smith and Scott Mosher were talking about Paris Hilton and the fact that porn is now mainstream and now Paris Hilton made, made, made a uh, homemade porno and now she's selling fragrances to tweens. I remember the line. And when it came up in the film, I thought, fuck, I've heard that before. And it took me a while to realise where it had come from. And it's something that there's a lot of in Tusk as well because obviously you, you heard the genesis of Tusk on that one episode. Yes. You, you can kind of p- call back to things and it just, A, it's distracting and B, you think, well, hang on. Yes, okay, it's funny the first time, but then it, when you repeat it, to the effectively the same audience, and that's not that's more or less what you've got with 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 Kevin Smith products. It's the it same is, audience, yeah. so you can't you know, you can you kind of repeat yourself. And South Park did it um, when Team America came out. You had the montage song. They used yes. that in an episode of, a, a episode yeah. of South Park that's more or less forgotten about. I think it was the episode of Stanley's Cup, um, but they used that song word for word, even the bit about you know even Rocky had a montage and all that sort of stuff. And I think, hang on, you're fucking cross promoting now, and we, but not intending to do so you just kind of treat you're not treating your audience with respect well actually we made the joke but we need to expand on it because they already know it yeah and i it, i remember that really America. pissed me yeah. off yeah but but no here i i just love her it's not just her delivery it's the whole face she pulls and the little sniff of her, her wrist later on yeah. because she's obviously wearing it I, she's just utterly charming and of course we all know elizabeth banks is very talented yeah uh, so it shouldn't come as any surprise no um, i mean i've got to be honest i i remember um at the time and for rereading it now coming into this that um it was written for rosario dawson on the back of clerks 2 and it conflicted with something else she was doing and so um they, um they went out to audition and elizabeth banks got it i can't imagine rosario dawson pulling this no, pulling off that no. that scene and pulling it off in the same way and that's Definitely again, that's, that's no slight. That's no slight on Rosario Dawson. I just don't think that. I, I can't imagine her doing this. I can see it, no, like possibly because I've just seen it. But it, no, it, it seems that sort of thing that no, Elizabeth Banks is kind of made to do, and no, it's it's very natural for her. No slight on either actress. As I say, I think Elizabeth Banks does does amazing work with what she's got um, yeah. because the character is is very two dimensional, uh, and certainly no slight on Rosario Dawson, who I love. But I part of the reason I can't imagine her playing this character 
is because I can't imagine her playing such a cardboard 2D weak woman. Um, I just can't imagine her doing it. She, she's got more to her than that. Um, well, then again, you watch any other of the Thanks drama, so is she. I, I know, that's what I'm saying. No no slight to her at all, but she manages to pull this off. She manages yeah, she, to... Yeah, she she works well with what she's got, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, she, she absolutely does. Uh, she Game of Thrones this shit. Um, <laughs> she, she is wonderful. She is absolutely wonderful, and I think a big part of why I don't hate this film um, is because the, the pair of them, to be fair, are, are charming. You mm. know, they, I mean, Seth Rogen, to be fair, is generally pretty charming yeah. as well. So, you know, it's a good job it's these two is is all i'll say um and, and seth rogan can be an acquired taste and sometimes he pisses me off even as well but i think he's very good in this hmm. um so there are a few things here where i get the impression this this script has been kind of just cob- like the dialogues come first and there's there's a loose idea behind it and then the script is just kind of formed around things and, and yeah. there's no no thought to the through line which does sometimes happen in kevin smith films as well they can be quite freewheeling but but here especially we get things like they go and look at this garage as their potential studio yeah um now the whole problem is that they're making this porno to pay their power and water bills yeah how the fuck they go and rent a garage well they had money from um delaney didn't they yeah but if you're that big go wad of cash he was going to go and buy a flat screen with, which bearing in mind at the time a, a good flat screen TV would have been a couple of grand. Yeah, but still, you got that oh, much yeah. money, you need somewhere to shoot. Surely you pay your shoot power and water bills and shoot in your own apartment, though. You're two birds with one stone. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had a yeah. thought. You, you would, I, 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 did, I did think that last night. I said, well, when you use that money, shoot it at home. No, your apartment's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um and, and so then, you know, we, we get through all the, the audition stuff and what have you. And there's, there's quite a lot of nudity, but it's all fairly soft core. You know, we oh, get yeah. quite a bit, quite a bit of tits and stuff. And I feel like, again, like there's all this nudity and I, I feel like it's meant to be funny, but it's not. Like, I feel like we need to be reaching further for this kind of bawdy comedy feel yeah it's it's, the, the, it's almost like it wants to be it. porkies but it's not no I'm, but I'm, it's I'm, I'm, too no, sweet it, but yeah it's 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 very i don't i don't know I, I suppose it's kind of the it's the halfway house between john hughes and porkies yeah it, that's that's a very good description of it actually yeah and, so and now it, put that on your fucking poster but because of that it's it's doesn't really gel you know um yeah, that's right. The the bit that jumped out to me here, and it did when I watched it first off as well, is they call their film Star Wars. Yeah. Um, now I don't know if you remember this, but when <laughs> when we were in uh, what passes for film school in this country together, uh, there was a game floating around at the time. I think it was by Bullfrog um, called the Movies. Yes. Where it was essentially like a theme park kind of thing. Where you it. had to build your own movie studio. Yeah, we all had it. And yeah, because there were add-ons and shit as well. Yeah, and I made a science fiction epic in it called you did. Star Wars. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and it was about fucking in space. Uh, oh, man, so I'd forgotten about that. never ceased to amuse me that the, the <laughs> name of their porn parody in this film is Star Wars because I just always think of this... <laughs> sci-fi film i made in the movies called star wars yeah i'd forgotten yeah. about that i literally made zach and miri's porno or their first attempt at a porno anyway <laughs> inside of a computer game um so yeah um now i then don't make a lot of notes for the next 
20, 30 minutes. Because when we're into the, the meat and two veg of it, um, and they're actually shooting the porno and having a great time, and it's it's gag after gag after gag. Like, it's good. It's firing on all cylinders here. You know, mm. we, we're kind of this early to mid-act two stuff. Yeah. It's good. It's funny. Uh, the cast are good. Like, situational comedy, but that's okay, you know? Yeah, but it's it's kind of what you know, it's it's what's being geared up for. It's what you expect at this point, isn't it? I can't, I still can't take Moo seriously with short hair, though. Uh, no, he looks like a fucking. He looks like he should be the front man in a kind of teen rock band or something, doesn't he? Well, to, to me, he looked like he was the porn equivalent of Hayden Christensen. Uh, yeah. He's somebody who would be playing, yeah, yeah no, um, so, no, the uh, episode two Anakin in a version in a porn version, ironically. Yeah, what what this film does show, to be fair, for Jason Mewes, though, is that he is actually a pretty decent actor. Like, yeah. well, he when, when he's not off his tits. What was that? So when he's not off his tits, he does a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- this is all fine, and it, it's going along at quite a lick, and I'm I'm enjoying it. And, and I'm honestly, at this point, despite the fact that I've had a, a handful of minor grumbles... Hmm. Um, I'm starting to think like I, I don't know how we're going to do this pod because nothing here is really annoying me that much other than Miri's character and the slightly offensive thing and then they just double down on, on Miri completely like yes. their, their relationship is going okay they are buddies essentially who are having this awkward conversation about about fucking and stuff and all of that is okay when it's just the fact that they're friends and they're a bit unsure about whether they're going to fuck Um and then they bring in this whole fucking jealousy angle. Yeah. Um, I, look, it is very difficult to do a male-female friendship and do justice to both parties, I think. That is a difficult thing to write, okay? Because, like it or not, we have been conditioned by popular culture for this story is that they will eventually realize that they've been right for each other all along and fall in love, okay? And it's yeah. difficult to break that trope. That doesn't mean you shouldn't. But it's difficult to break that job. I get it, okay? Um, but this, like I said, is just so reductive to her. Um, they they were just about getting away with it with her because Elizabeth Banks is so good. And the credit mm. lies squarely with her, like I said, because she's so charming. They were just about getting away with it. Like I could see it there, but it wasn't really winding me up. Mm. Um, and then as soon as they throw this jealousy in, it just... They fucked it. They, they fucked the whole film for me at this point. Like, I'm out instantly. Um, and then, it, you know, they just go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole with it from from this point on. Yes, you know? I mean, yes, I mean, you get the whole bit where she's talking to Bubbles about, you know, how nervous she is and all this sort of stuff. And then, again, there's more repeated Kevin Smith jokes where... Oh, it's um, even even before that, but, like, when, when they start shooting on, on the first day of shooting and, and they find she sort of finds out that actually Zach's fucking two people now because he's fucking oh, yeah. her. That's right. And, yeah. and then so she's like, well, I want to fuck someone else then. And instantly you're just like, oh, you're being really petty and jealous. That Where's this come from? Because this wasn't in your character in the last scene. You've, yeah. you've done a Game of Thrones. You've completely changed character on a dime here. Um, and it's just unfortunate. You know, and, and then they... Zach and Miri have a conversation and they double down on it where they say, oh, you know, it's it's not a bad thing and what uh, and what have you. Or No, for, that comes later on. It's not a bad thing. It's, first of all, it's, you know, well, we'll promise it won't change anything between us and yeah. and all of that. And and that, yeah, okay, that's getting a bit 
cliched and then she starts commenting him because she's uh, sorry uh, complimenting him because she's fallen in love with him because he's got some drive and she's like oh this isn't a bad look on you i like the new zach and stuff like that and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse yeah it's horrible and then yeah it, it ends up at that scene in the apartment which is dreadful um yeah and I mean, that's I, I I got. I mean, that's how I mentioned before. So there was the, the whole bit where before they before they do do their scene where it's like, well, um, where he shaves and she's like, no, I look like a beluga whale. Again, we've had that we've had that joke before. Kevin Smith has made that joke elsewhere. Um, and then during you know when they're shooting, he won't take his shirt off because his tits are bigger than hers. Well, again, we've had that joke about him and about him and his wife. And it's it's kind of this this retreading and it it it's. Yes, it's funny, but it strikes me as lazy. Um, and so it, you might have said, I brought it up twice. It really fucking annoyed me. But it's it's just this thing again, where it, it, for me, it sets a tone whereby you're going, you've not even done your own work at this point. You're just rehashing what you've done before. Yeah, uh, I can, I can I, see that. It didn't annoy me too much because we know that because we're fans. Hmm. Not, not everybody would. No, um, and I appreciate that. And it's the same with the, the South Park and Team America thing, is that yeah. not everybody would have, would have seen it. Um, so yeah, I, I do get that, but it's, it's one of those that I mean. Now, don't get me wrong. This is somebody who used the same dissertation twice. You know, I, I did my dissertation, my BA. It went over pretty well. And so when we um, when we're doing the dissertation for, for our IMA, there was an opportunity to use it again. So I think I re, I think I cut about a thousand words out because the word count would be different, and I reformatted it. But I used the same fucking dissertation. And you know, I, I'm I'm all in favour of not reinventing the wheel. But if you're going to do it for the same audience, you need to be a bit more careful and a bit cleverer about it. And that's one of the things that really annoyed me is that I know, again, as a fan, I know he is more than capable of delivering far better than that. It's just like he couldn't be asked to think of one. Oh, yeah, that was funny. That that made somebody laugh. I'll use that again. Yeah, um, I, I get that. I, I do get it. But as I say, it didn't didn't annoy me massively. Um, and yeah, the, the scene is it's good. You know, that's a well-observed scene. Again, mm. you know, the awkwardness between them and the fact that they actually do have feelings for each other. Look, if that's the story we're going for, then that's fine. But it's like, I just feel like they're so hollow as characters and we've been so focused instead on this not quite bawdy comedy that yeah. it just it just doesn't ring true at all. Um, you know, and when we get to the party, it, it's just... I nearly turned it off. Honestly, I, I nearly turned it off <laughs> when that she's sort of having the discussion with, with Katie Morgan's character. And, and she says, oh, well, you know, is it okay if I fuck him tonight and what have you? And she's like, yeah, do we want free country, blah, blah, blah. And she's clearly got issues with it. Yeah. And she's just acting all possessive and jealous and, and passive aggressive about it as well. Um, and then when she does go over and talk to him and he looks over to Miri and she raises the beer. Yeah. Oh Christ! Like again, it's that hot best friend thing where it's like right now, okay, she's still your drinking buddy, but you yeah. get to have casual sex with her, and she's just set you up with a porn star. Yeah, I was gonna say she's just got you laid. Like this is this is just horrendous. Yeah, it's just horrendous. The, as I said, the, the the characters are all over the map at this point, and so they, as they, uh, the actors are doing a good job of what they've got, but it's like they don't. Nobody knows kind of where you know where it's going. It's sort of not. It's almost meandering to a point. We think, yeah, okay, real life is like that, and none of us know what's happening next. However, you kind of read people, and you, you know, you pick up on signals and stuff. Whereas this is just like, oh well, that fire, yeah, okay, she said it was all right. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Now, what what could possibly go wrong? And it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's just one of those where you think you, 
a lot most a lot of criticism of Kevin Smith films is that they're apart from they're very no they're incredibly vulgar is that characterization is good and plot is normally a bit thin um but at this point plot now the plot is the probably the the saving grace of it and that's saying something because the characterization is just fucking non-existent i i think you're dead right um i was actually about to say the exact same thing when you look at something you know like clerks or more rats or chasing amy or you know even if you want to take something with with more of a plot dogma um plot is never a strong point with with kevin smith he'll get a concept or an idea and he'll he'll see it through but it's always about the characters it's always the story is always in service of the characters rather than the characters being in service of the story um and this kind of flips that on its head um but the problem is the the story isn't really there so Mm. if i mean ideally for a really exceptional film as we've said several times you need both to work in tandem but if they're not then one needs to be very very good in order to carry the other um and that just isn't the case here there is the story is paper thin and the characters are paper thin so it's all just left feeling a bit meh yeah kind of flat really it it really is um and yet it still managed to really annoy me at this point <laughs> this was the point where i really was like, oh this is just bad now this is just it's it's gone from me not really enjoying it anymore which i haven't for about the last five six minutes or so at this point um to just oh this is fucking horrible this is absolutely horrible um i can't quite put my finger on it other than as i say i think that that miri is a is a hollow character is a big part of the problem but there's just something about her transition from where she starts to getting to here that just doesn't ring true at all it's just like maybe it's because we haven't got any kind of backstory with her whether maybe we don't understand what her decisions are and she's not a fully rounded character so maybe that jump just feels odd because we can't sort of tie the emotional thread together i don't know um but yeah it's just it it just feels like wish fulfillment to me this um and that's unfortunate you know yeah 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 i mean i I don't have anything to add to that for me from this this sequence. I mean, I, I I didn't get to a point where I was ready to to knock it off. I mean, I was I'm thinking right, okay, I'm going to get through it. No, one one thing I'll, I'll always say is I know I, well, especially when we're doing this show, I will watch the end. I will get I'll, I'll plow through even if it's fucking horrendous, even if it's Battlefield Earth. Oh Christ, yeah, I'll, look, I I'll watched Battlefield through. Earth. I, I mean, never the, was going to turn it off, but I was starting to feel like I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, having sat through that and some of the other things we've watched on the show, I was never going to get to a point with this one. Um, unless the uh, the Indian shopkeeper t- uh, uh, store owner turned up again, um, I was ne- I was never going to get to that point. It was never that bad, but I was at this point I was losing interest, and I think that's yeah. probably the worst thing I can do with a film. Was like I start then playing with my phone, or I'll pick it. know if there's a newspaper, or I'll pick something up to do something at the same time, and not yeah. really give it the attention it needs. And I think that's probably the the biggest disservice you can do to it. However, that's kind of where I'm going with it. Yeah, it's. It's a really bad rom-com by this point. And I mean yeah. really bad. Um, you know, up, up until this point, it's been um, an okay comedy. Yeah, I, I think, think I think Passable is probably the best it's going to get. Yeah, but at this point, it's it's a very, very bad Yeah, it's, it's very rom-com. south of the line. Yeah. Um, and then, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, uh, we are approaching the, the sort of end of Act 2. We're, we're, we're careening towards the end of Act 2 here. Yeah. 
And then we jump completely to the end of Act Three. Like, well, this is it. This was always there's a, a big massive problem chunk of story missing somewhere. Yeah, I mean, so we get you know, we we get the so the, the the night after the party where um, does say Mary's giving her blessing for him to go off and fuck Stacy. Um, then we get the uh, get the setup for the shoot in the following day, and then we get you know, the uh, the the token um, anal joke. Where um, where he pulls out and Jeff Anderson gets covered in shit, um, and that's all fine. That's what you expect. But this this whole the whole argument between them. Sorry, bang the mic. The whole argument between them again. It just come it comes out of nowhere. They haven't earned it, and then you get this semi argument whereby they don't. You know he he you know he he breaks character as well. As well. You think, well, hang on, where's the fuck's this come from now? Hang on, there's there's probably another twenty minutes of something needed before we get to this yeah, point. It, it definitely, it's like. The the act of of Zach fucking Katie Morgan's character in, in after the party, that's kind of your transition from the mid to the end of, of Act Two. Yeah. But we lose all we lose that chunk in the middle. We go straight to this argument, which is the end of Act Two. Yeah. We we just jump there immediately with, with no no real through line. It just goes from naught to sixty immediately. Yeah. Um and again it's because this this jealousy from from Miri just came out of nowhere ten minutes ago, and and it hasn't been explored. The the depth of their relationship to that extent hasn't been explored. If we were going to go for this, then we kind of needed to see him fall in love, even if it was unrequited, or even if they both thought it was unrequited. Yeah, we needed to see that, and we needed to feel it from from both sides. I yeah. think, and and we don't uh, from either side. That's the problem. We don't even get it. I think explicitly explored with with Miri, which is, seems to be where where the weight of of this decision lies. You know, she's the one that's really all of a sudden gone fatal attraction. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just really bizarre. And let's say the the structural points you mentioned they they annoyed me. I remember coming out of the cinema going, "What the fuck?" Because you're right. You go straight from the middle of Act Two to the end of Act Two. To the end of Act Three without any fucking resolution, and so like, hang on, we haven't earned yeah. end at this point. Like, I think Act Three is about fucking six minutes, isn't that? If that, and it's... again, we jump straight from this argument. As you say, it doesn't. It it doesn't then go to the you know to a to a solid Act Three of like right. This is what I'm going to do to put this right. Yeah. Or how am I going to get over it? Move on. Get my life together. Whatever. We it get just goes, nothing. No, it, it just goes. You get one scene. It's like it jumps to three months later. Then you get um, a scene where where Zach is now working as some sort of mascot thing, and they, they bring him back to watch the porno to make him understand what a mistake he's made. And I said, yeah, but hang on, we as an audience don't even understand what mistake he's made because no. you didn't really explore how he was feeling off the back of it. What we should have seen was him getting beat up as a mascot and then moping around for a bit um, yeah. and, and realizing that he's lost the best thing he ever had. Yeah, and needing to get it back. Yeah, yeah. Now, actually, you know, the scene where they where they they give him the pep talk and he's watching the the film and stuff. The scene is really good. Like, it just it doesn't have any weight. Hmm. You know, the whole the scene is great. Where it's like, oh, there's no ending. You know, we that's that's all good. It it, it all makes sense. Um. And and again, the the dialogue is really good, but 
it just literally comes out of nowhere, yeah. you know. But but you get lines like you know every movie needs an ending. You know, it's good. That's, that's a good line. It is. It's just fucking ironic in this film. Yeah, it it is ironic, isn't it? It's 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 fourth wall breaking almost. <laughs> Which again, we know he's very good at. But it, it literally is almost like he's caught here and gone, fuck. Um, I've written this thing. It's really funny. Uh, but there's no story, and now I don't know how to end it. What well, do I do? You... Have you seen uh, Reboot? No, not yet. Right, okay. Similar fucking ending. It comes out of nowhere. Great. Um, to be fair, he's done that quite a lot of late. Um, yes. Red State ends in a similar way, but it, it suits that film. It, it does. I mean, that had a very similar feel to um, Burn After Reading, uh, the Cold yeah. Brothers film. Uh, it was, again, it was that sort of ending where it's just like, right, okay, we cut straight away from that now because that's no, we, it's, e- it's easier to, at this point, wrap it up with a couple of gags than it is to film the ending, and that's fine. But here they don't even do that, and no. this is probably my biggest problem with the film, apart from the horrible, horrible, horrible stereotypes. Um, but it, yeah, it's my second big problem. I said there were two big problems. One yeah. is one is Miri's character, and yeah, two I mean, is this. For me, it's the, the structure of it. It's just like, and again, I don't understand this, because normally he's very... Uh, He's very brief with it with the product. No, it's okay. No, you'll get 85, 90 minutes, 100 if you're no 100 a push, and you're done. He's he's strung this one out, and it's like you get to sort of 85, 90 minutes. Go, oh fuck, we need to finish this. Oh right, okay. all all this stuff we've crammed in. Ah fuck it, it's fine. We'll just write the, get the ending up because it can't go over this 102 minutes, whatever it is. And it's kind of like they've they've run out they've they've run out of time or they've run out of film stock. And they go right, what can we get away with doing? How can we get away with finishing this quick? Yeah, and this. This kind of quick wrap-up, he did it in Chasing Amy as well. You know, the, the third act of Chasing Amy is is a scene, more or less. Um, but he gets away with it there. But I think it's earned so, the thing. Yeah, we're so invested in those characters that by the time we've got all three of them in the scene together discussing the way forward, we care deeply and our yeah. heart breaks with them. But we don't feel that here because... We don't care <laughs> because the work hasn't gone in. Well, this is it, and I mean, it's as you said earlier. Th- this film is more like a collection of gags than it is a film, and they're good. The gags are funny. Yeah, like, like, oh, at least I find them funny. But you know, my sense of humor is fairly lowbrow to begin with. Um, it, it's just that I, I think that's the most annoying thing is they they clearly could have been something here, and hmm. for whatever reason. It's just thrown away. I I don't know if it was because Kevin Smith was too stoned to know any better. I don't well, know I, if I don't it's know. I mean, that I, he was starting I, to not care because you know this was just before he did start really not caring. Well, um, I was going to say. I mean, I vaguely remember that with those those early smartcasts. He was smoke. He would smoke a lot of cigarettes, but he wasn't fucking hammered all the time. He wasn't stoned mm-hmm. all the time. And then this fucking bombed, and he was basically baked in the next two years. And I think yeah. this was kind of a catalyst for that, where you just oh fuck, it, I don't care anymore. And then you went into Cop Out, which was well, how that didn't make the list, I don't know. Um, and yeah, it's just one of it. It just seems like you know, it's kind of the beginning and the end. And you had that whole period from two thousand nine, ten ish, right through to he he, um, he retired, didn't he, in two thousand eleven? So mm-hmm. when we went to see Red State, that was going to be his last. He was going to do that. Then he was going to hit somebody, and then he was going to finish. Mm-hmm. And thank fuck that didn't take. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it was kind of like this. He, he did Jersey Girl, which didn't. I, I don't think that did the bank, and I don't think that did that did as well as people expected. I don't think that what came out of that was what he necessarily wanted it to be. Then he had this, 
Clerks 2, no, Clerks 2 was always going to be a, a bit of a different one because it was, obviously it was a sequel to Clerks, so they had a, they would have had a, a, a bigger impact. Then you had this, then you had Cop Out, and it, I, I can very much see why he would just go, you know what, fuck this noise. I made the Clerks I wanted to make. I'm kind of reaching now anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm telling stories, but people don't necessarily want to hear it, so fuck it, I'm just going to go. And yeah. then went away, did the podcasts and the, the stand-up and stuff like that, and rediscovered his sort of love of doing it. So by the time you got to... The um the episode where him and Moja basically conceptualized Tusk, he was back. No, it was something he actually wanted to do again. He actually felt he could get some enjoyment out of it, not that it was a job. And I think that was the problem. Once it once it was his job, it I don't know if it was too much for him or it was just kind of he was feeling penned in. He couldn't do it the way he wanted to, or he didn't have the freedom he used to have. But for whatever reason, it just this seemed to be sort of set him off in a bit of a spiral. Yeah, yeah. This just doesn't just doesn't hang together, and it. I, I think the big problem is, yeah, he's clearly, I think, not interested because in the earlier films, like there are, there's barely any plot in some of them, and and there are massive story problems with some of them as well. But because he's so invested, and because there's so much heart, yeah, and you're so concerned with those characters, it gets away with it, and this just can't. And so even by the time that that Zach's making his big final emotional speech to Miri. And they have the the great callback to the to the first scene where he yeah. walks in and having a shit. Great, very funny. Again, the comedy works. As does Muse walking out with his with his dick swinging. Very yeah. very funny. Hmm. Um, and and again, because we've seen him walk out of the door out of Mary's bedroom Mary's from room. where it was. Yeah. So no, we've we've seen that. So again, we have that association even without realizing because we've ne- it's never no we've never been had it signposted. This is Mary's room, but we've seen her come out of there when and then when she. Uh, at the end of Act Two, where she rushes home to find, you no, know, to find him, and his room is empty. She comes in and goes to the right, so you know that's his room and that's her room. So all of yeah. a sudden, for for Muse to be coming out there, you know, you've got the, you know, you've had three, two or three occasions where right, that's her room, so that's important. Yeah, um, and again, I feel like that scene is 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 good. Like all all of this stuff at the end is good, but we're missing a good third of the film. Yeah, to so get we're us a good half hour. Yeah, to get us to the point where this should matter. Yeah, you know the the stuff the stuff before it starts to go off the rails, and that's not good. But this bringing it back around here is good, and even with everything I feel about Miri and how she is sort of a shallow character and how she is a trope, at least if it had been in service of the story, you know, if this was definitely Zach's story and it became about how he's going to get her back, then whether that's distasteful to me or not, as long as it's executed well, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, And I can't because it's not. And that just makes it all the worse then, you know, that she is this this thin character. Um, It just makes it all the more obvious. So... You know, I get to the end and I'm just left walking away thinking, well, what the fuck was that? Like, we and, and where is that half hour of film? Yeah. What? No, what? I mean, I, I refuse to believe that nobody, no, that as, as a writer and a director, he wouldn't have known what needed to be in that half an hour. I and agree. I, I, I don't I, think. I can't work out why it's not there. No. But of course, Kevin Smith edits his own stuff as well. So it's there is a very definite reason that it's not there. I just don't know why or what that is. No, um, whether, I can't think what that could be. Whether the film was running too long or whether he just didn't write it. And if he just didn't write it, then fuck me. What? Like, that's he's a better writer than that, I know. Well, um, yeah, but I mean, not only that. If, if he didn't, if he just didn't write it, I mean, 
it was i mean the the, the um approval process at weinstein um no um i think it was i think it may still be miramax when it was greenlit and it became weinstein company during the uh during the, the production but they greenlit it based on the title yeah because it was Kevin Smith, and because no, I mean we all know what Harvey liked, so it was a bit of uh, there, was, there were going to be tits and bush in it, so why not? Um, but yeah, it was no, it was a case of did nobody from the production company, from the distributors, through to fucking Mosher in producing it, why did nobody sit him down? And go, right, okay, your first two acts are fine, maybe a couple of issues, but they're fine, more or less fine. Where's Act Three? What the yeah. fuck have you done with Act Three, fat boy? Yeah, wait, like, like why does it just stop? Yeah, like what? what? What's going on? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like you say, the first two acts, even with the stuff we've been, you know, I mean, relatively speaking, compared to the shit that we normally get into on this podcast, <laughs> the fact that we were offended by some racial stereotyping, some homophobia, and I was getting annoyed by a non-existent female character, um, that's pretty minor stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that's us, and we're quite picky, and it's our job to be picky on this show. I would let all that go. Do, do you know what I mean? Like they, they are the only things I could find, and I had to find something because the whole yeah. point of this show is is to pull these things apart. So yeah, anybody else watching it is going to go, yeah, that's all fine. That's all going to fly under the radar. Yeah, but you can't ignore the fact that there's a massive chunk of the fucking story missing. Well, yeah, it's oh, I don't know. It's just bizarre. And I I, ne- I didn't understand it. And I was hoping that. I mean the the whole thing. I mean, especially having the the podcast building after and the last the last one before um, it released, they were um, they were talking about they were going to do a co- um, a commentary as an episode. So when you're watching, no, when you're watching it, maybe not in the, in the movie theater because people will get pissed off by that. But when you're watching it, you'd have a a, a real time commentary as you would on a DVD or whatever. That never materialized, and I think the the reason that never materialized is that he kind of gave up after um, no, when it tanked. He kind of went, oh fuck it, that's done, project's done. It didn't work. I'm just going to go and fucking smug my weight in weed. Um, but I, I was I was always hoping that would kind of explain some of the the thought process that went into right. Here's midway through the film where we're 90 minutes in, so we need to start wrapping shit up. Oh fuck, that's the end. Yeah. And I was I was always praying that fucking commentary would turn up because I just don't understand how they got there. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I don't know if there's a commentary on the Blu-ray. Um... There are some extra features on DVD. I didn't look what they were. I, I had it on Blu-ray. I watched it on Blu-ray yesterday, but I didn't explore the special features. If I'm honest, yes, same here. I didn't. I didn't bother looking. So maybe there is a commentary. Um, if not, I'm sure if we were to go and trawl through the hundreds of thousands of hours of footage of Kevin Smith and audio of Kevin Smith, he has talked about this somewhere. Um, I'd be surprised if he hasn't. Um, but yeah, it's just. Like I said, two major problems for me with this film. The, the characters annoyed me, or Miri specifically annoyed me. Um, and, and I don't know if it's so much annoyance as disappointment. Um, because yeah. I, I think Kevin Smith's a far better writer and better human being than that. So that I'm disappointing it in, but I can let it go if the product is good. And, and then there's this, this just giant, massive hole in the back end of the film, which is just, it's totally unforgivable. And I yeah. had forgotten about it until I, I rewatched it again. And then I instantly, re- yeah, I instantly remembered that I was furious about it first time out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I have issues with the, sort of the, the, not just of the product itself, but sort of the, the handling of it as well, um, which I'll come on to in a second, but yeah, it, it was always my gripe. I came out, the, came out the cinema going, right. Okay. What the fuck was that? Because, yeah. 
yeah, it was just didn't it didn't quite uh, it didn't quite work for me. Um, the one thing I did kind of wonder, and I, I, I again it came up in the in the, the podcast and reading it again now it's kind of there. But the one thing that was always always struck me as a complete fucking bonehead move. And I don't know, maybe he was after his nuts in hookers or something. I don't know. But why the fuck Harvey Weinstein put this film out on Halloween? Yeah. Uh, I mean, stupid, no, stupid nobody movie. is going to watch a fucking sex comedy on Halloween. No. Anyway, it, it dropped on October 31st. Not Halloween week. It dropped on Halloween itself. Play reruns of fucking Halloween on Friday the 13th. You ain't, nobody is going to see Zach and Mary make a porno. Role Models were, were also with Elizabeth Banks was released the week after. This was a far better film than Role Models. And it did twenty million twenty million dollars this opening weekend. Yeah, I mean, how the, it, how the fuck do you drop the ball at that? The the opening for this film, and and to be fair, you know, we, we said about it tanking and stuff like that. Even with this giant fucking plot hole. Oh, it still made fifty million dollars. Yeah, I, well, yeah, it's still it's still made by it, but even with this giant plot hole, I, it's by no means an objectively bad film. Okay, it's missing a massive chunk of its back end, but everything that's there. Is is funny, as I say. The, the performances are good. Um, you know, the, the writing for the most part is good. Miria side, you know, it's not. This isn't Battlefield Earth or anything like that. Okay, it's not. It's not that bad. It, it's still on the the high end of stuff we look at on this podcast. Yeah. I think, but it was so monumentally mishandled that it gets a worse rep even than it than it deserves i think like you said there's there's the fact that it was released on halloween there's also the whole fucking poster debacle oh god yeah i mean i mean the the um, the canadian um uh, production actually released the um, the proper posters and well the proper poster will be on the cover art for yeah. for this podcast unless i change my mind i've got both <laughs> versions but at the moment i'm thinking i'm going with the actual poster because yeah. it's better it it is and i mean the whole thing of um there, there, there are a couple. There are a couple of different posters, and again, various different interviews and stuff. Talking that the the one poster was banned. They said you can have it if you raise the bottom of the image yes. to take out the bottom third, which again completely invalidates the joke. And looking at them now, they could just be wearing mirkins. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, so, so the the banned poster is is each of them going down on the other one essentially. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but then to replace that, they came up with a hand-drawn one which said, um, "Zach and Mary shot a movie so titillating we can only sh- we can only show you this drawing." That was banned because of the word titillating. Yeah, now that poster I think was a genius move. After oh, it was amazing. Movie. I think yeah. it's hilarious, but I, and it's going to catch your eye, and you're going to stop and read it. Yeah, but I don't know that it's going to make you want to watch the film. That's no, the thing. that's 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 it. Um, but again, that was banned because of the word titillating because it could be shortened to tit. Not be funny. Titillating is a fucking word. I mean, for fuck's sake! And and at least you know the first poster. You know we've already said that we, that we think there's not enough bawdy comedy in the film for what it wants to be. But that first poster absolutely sells it as a bawdy sex comedy. You know, and you know, bearing in mind this was around the time of or just after things like Super Bad and what have you as well. Like that would have sold. People yeah. would have gone to watch that. Particularly, yeah. even if you're at least not Halloween, the people that don't like horror would have been. What else is there? Oh, is this comedy? It looks like it's going to be funny. Yeah, you know that. That's it. They're going to go in and watch it, knowing nothing about it. And let's be fair, you don't need to know a whole lot about it because the title, again, it's there for the taking, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Zach and Mary make a porno. Everything you need to know is in that title. That title and that poster should absolutely have succeeded. Except they fucked it up by bowing to pressure. 
Well, this is it, and I mean, the, I don't mean, get me the, wrong; they didn't have much choice. But... No, it was, it was. I mean, the whole MPAA thing as well, whereby um, that they they had they cut it twice to try and get it down to an R rating, and in the end, there was they were arguing over fourteen frames, um, and then eventually he resubmitted it with no alterations, and he got through. So they didn't even notice the fucking fourteen frames they were arguing over. Um, so I mean, that was some. That was a, that was an annoying part of the story. I mean, that's not that's not anybody's fault involved with the production. There's nothing they could have done about that. But I mean, Smith has always come out and said that um, Weinstein's didn't spend enough money marketing, which they've always said, "Oh, yeah, we spent as much as we would on any film." Um, and so the, the numbers I've seen mooted are between twenty and thirty million dollars. And I'm sorry if you spent twenty or thirty million dollars on those two posters, and and getting them out there, then fucking hell, you really wasted an opportunity. Given that Kevin Smith was plugging this film for a year for free on the internet. And you've got Seth Rogen in it, who at yeah, this who, point who's one of the most fucking bankable people in the world. Yeah, huge. No, you you take that sort of that sort of slacker comedy that you know had evolved to that point where all the Jalapto stuff, you know, suit and then you had Superbad and Pineapple Express came the year after and stuff like that. This guy was fucking box office gold. He yeah. was appealing to the fat bastard nerds who weren't represented in Hollywood. You know, he he was everywhere. How no? How you can't sell a movie with this guy in it's fucking beyond me. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is an absolute, just catastrophic clusterfuck of marketing. Um, yeah, and it, and it's especially when it is there for the taking. Like I said, it's that poster and that title alone it makes bank, doesn't it? And if not in the cinema, it makes bank on DVD. Yeah. Well, well, that's yeah. it. I mean, no, it, it, I mean, it cost twenty odd million dollars to make, and it made, it made best part of fifty back, so it made its money. Um, but I mean, I mean, read, uh, I've been reading stuff on here now. I'd forgotten I'd come up, but like Kevin Smith didn't work for three months after this. He, no, he, he didn't put out a podcast. He didn't do any, any Q and A's. He didn't do any stand up. He didn't go near a film set. He didn't go on the internet because he was just devastated by how little, no, how little response there was to this. Um, and yeah, it was just, it's just one of those that you think, well, this whole fucking thing, it just from start to finish looks to have been. I don't know. It's, it, it looks though like there's no reason it should have failed, but for whatever reason, it just kind of collapsed. Yeah, um, it. I I think the collapse of it has to go on the marketing because, as with any film, you you know you don't really know going in what you're going to get, and that's more true now. I think back in this day, people were probably paying a little bit more attention to reviews still than they do now. Now, word yeah. of mouth is far more important. Yeah. Um, but you know, again. You release something like this on Halloween with a very unconventional poster, yeah. Um, in, in that stick figure one, and it's going to confuse the shit out of people, and and I think that's probably what happened. Um, and it it is a shame because honestly, for for all we've, I mean, I, I for all we've picked two massive faults in it, I don't feel we've been necessarily as as aggro as we have with some other films you know <laughs> and, and it's clear i think from from our discussion of this that i i don't think this is awful it's no. just missing half film and relies on a really really lazy offensive trope um and and i i'm sure i i i have to believe that kevin smith didn't even realize how shallow Miri was when he was writing her. Yeah. I think he was just locked into the story from Zach's point of view, and which is something. Step. I mean, that's something he can he's criticised for a lot. He you know he will he will focus on the he will focus through the wrong lens. He will he will take the wrong character's journey. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of the big criticisms of Chasing Amy that you tell the story of a a queer a, a queer relationship and the and the impact of 
a person of uh, a homosexual person having a relation a heterosexual relationship rather than taking that through the queer lens or the female lens he's gone through the straight white male lens and it, yeah. I mean, it, it was very explicitly referenced in reboot actually um yeah, Joey Lauren, Joey Lauren Adams calls him out on it, um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's it's something that he's always done. And but you you write what you know. I I can't write yeah, about yeah, being a, a teenage black girl because I'm a middle aged white man, so you, I kind of go with that. You you write what you know, but then also as a writer, you you do find that you have to populate your world with with rich and varied characters. You, That's you what do, makes but it you, interesting. You you do, but you don't you don't do it in such a way that overemphasizes the fact you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, and like I say, I don't think that's the intention here at all. I think, unfortunately, she's been written in service of the story. And so because of that, maybe not enough attention has been paid. I, I don't think he, he ever stood back and looked at it objectively and thought, actually, maybe we could flesh her out a little bit and this yeah. would all mean a bit more. And, you know, I, I don't really know too much about his inside circle and his process, but obviously we know that he does... You know, and he's a hero of mine for this reason. You know, he he is indie film incarnate. He writes, shoots, cuts his own stuff. He just needs yeah. a producer and, and a cast. And sometimes, when you work in that singularly, you know, you you do lose criticism from other people. And and it's something that that we as creators um, are, are very receptive. That's why we always ask you guys for feedback as well. And yeah. and certainly in our writing circles, it gets fucking ugly. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Um, you have to kill your darlings. And if if you don't have somebody pointing the gun, then it's very fucking difficult uh, mm. because you get so, so attached to projects like this when you're in the thick of them. You can't see the wood for the trees sometimes. And I think that's what happens. That That's what's happened here. And, and I certainly want to believe that that's yeah. what happened here. Um, and so there's that. Um, I, I don't think that's an excuse and I don't think that makes it any better. I just think that that's what's happened. But that's all guesswork on my part. Um, I need to rewatch Jersey Girl and I need to watch Yoga Hoses and Reboot. <laughs> but I would say objectively at this point, I consider this to be Kevin Smith's worst film. Yeah, um, Yoga Hoses not seen yoga hoses yeah um i've i've got it um i've got well i've got everything i've got all the films he's done but yeah yoga hoses i think was a new low um i think yeah i'll let you say for yourself i mean for me it was uh it makes this look like fucking gandhi wow um but yeah so i mean jersey girl is again it's another one of those i i never think it's as bad as people made out Neither do I. I've not seen it for many years, though, but I do remember actually quite liking it. Yeah, uh, I mean, for personal reasons, I can't watch it anymore. Um, uh -huh. But, yeah, it's, it, it's it's one of those that, yeah, I, I I get why people didn't like it because it wasn't a traditional Kevin Smith film, and the people who would have gone to see it would have been looking for Kevin Smith film or they'd have been looking for a um, benefit rom-com, which they didn't get. So people would have been disappointed with what they got, not realising that actually what they got was far better in a lot of cases than they would have expected um but we're not talking about jersey girl we're talking about um talking about zach and miri um but yeah i i don't think this is kevin smith's worst film um yes there are problems with it um i fucking melted for him when he went through this whole thing and his, the first um podcast he did when he came back after this sort of three-month hiatus 
he was in fucking tears asking if people had gone to see it because it had just blown his mind the fact that this he 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 put what he put what he had into this and he no, we've gone on this journey and it just fucking no for, for you know if he thought he was hurtling on like 100 mile an hour somebody put a fucking brick wall in his way um and i yeah my heart just broke for the guy because i mean nobody goes out to make a loss i mean fuck we know that um no nobody goes out to make a bad movie nobody goes out to you know, thinking that what they're going to produce isn't the best fucking thing they've ever done um unless they're in for a paycheck which i mean kevin smith never is um unless you unless you look a cop out um but yeah i mean it's one of those i i have this affinity where i have this journey that i went on with them and i, I always feel massive disappointment more than anything else with it uh, and not with the film but for where it went and what how it did and, and what happened afterwards um yeah there are problems with it but i mean there are problems with everything and bigger problems in a lot of cases um for all, all we spent the last hour and changed uh, talking about problems i don't think any of them are insurmountable um i think the fact that it's missing half of the of the film is is insurmountable um well i, I do yeah you're right in as much as the, there's half a film missing but i i am allowing myself to believe the half of what film that's missing is what would make it an amazing film I, and if yeah, i just I, believe that I, I don't know that go. I I don't know that I go with amazing, but I would go with if that half a film was in there, I don't think we'd even consider it for this no. podcast no, because I think not. it would be good. Um, amazing, no good. No. Yes, I mean I, I obviously I'm being hyperbolic with with amazing, but yeah, I I I, I like to I, whether I'm kidding myself or not, I don't know, but I'd like to think if the bits that are clearly not there were there, we'd have a we'd have a, a good product that. People wouldn't be looking at it and thinking that's the film that tanked and, and ruined his career. They'd be looking at it thinking, oh, that's the one that banked fifty million dollars and took and took him into the next level. That's the one that broke the sort of sixty seventy million dollar yeah. um, return and made Kevin Smith a, a, a major player, as opposed to the one that fucking ended him. Yeah, um, I don't think there's too much more we can say about it. There really isn't. Like sometimes, you know, we, we look at things like. Like Battlefield Earth and, and Elves recently and fucking hell Leprechaun. Um, oh no, actually that was the other show. Wasn't that was it? the other fucking show, yeah. Hell. That's how bad that film was. Jesus, that's Halloween this year. Led into this one. Um, <laughs> you know that I I I just despair sometimes, and I have pages and pages and pages of notes, and this show can be hard. <laughs> yeah, I this... mean this this show for me kind of steps on why we got into film in the first place because i mean you look at the things that inspire you look at the amazing things and then you look at um the the opposite of that you look at the ones that break you and i think these are the ones you look at oh fucking hell right okay yes this one and you know how good it could have been and it just doesn't Mm. materialize yeah yeah and i think this is just kind of this exists in a weird kind of gray area where i like what's here I have some some issues with what's here, but they don't annoy me enough that I could say I hate this film. Yeah. Um, and what is here isn't quite good enough to make up for what isn't. There are two huge problems that I cannot ignore. Yeah. But on the on the scale of it, you know, if if you weigh them in balance, I think there's enough good that it just evens out, and because of that, it just leaves me at meh. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to read you something. Actually, it's off the wiki page. It's in the home media entry. Mm-hmm. And it says, although some copies of the February 2009 two-disc edition DVD were originally released under its full intended title in the US, some DVDs were released under Zack and Miri, which was the censored title used to originally promote the film. 
The sense of color featured a white background with a photo montage of the principal actors in the film. It was a series of shorts called Money Shots, as well as other exclusive content. It contains no director's commentary for the first time in Kevin Smith's career. And the DVD features 94 minutes of deleted scenes. There you fucking go. There's your fucking movie right there. Right. What happened? How do we not know what happened to those 94 minutes? I don't know. I mean, I... I don't know if they're on the DVD version. I've got. I certainly don't have a two disc edition. It's um, certainly not on my Blu-ray. There's I no. Mean, yeah. I mean, fucking ninety-four minutes of. And that, no, that's not of. That's not a fuck up stuff. That's deleted scenes. It's not outtakes. So you've got effectively a three-hour movie cut down to just over an hour and a half. I mean, look, I get it that like nobody wants a film like this to run three hours. Okay. No, but I get it, it. But if you've got that much film cut out, surely there's something in there which kind of which needs to go in. Gaps. And also, like, look, if if you have to, like I say, you kill your darlings, and if you have to lose some of the gags that have made it in, and if you oh, have yeah. to lose, for fuck's sake, you lose the school reunion. Like, yeah. well, not lose it entirely, but you can massively cut that down. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole bit of the bar and the bit where he gets a handy off um, the girl who's trying to yeah. one up her husband. Um, and, yeah, you can lose that stuff. It does nothing. It goes nowhere. Oh, um, Jesus. Now I'm really... Now I really do feel bad because I know there is a, a pretty decent a, film here somewhere. I mean, why would you shoot all that extra footage? Why would you have that much extra stuff that you can add in as deleted scenes if the intention wasn't to put it in the fucking movie? Oh, yeah, that's, that's me out now. Yeah, that's really bummed me out as well. I would like to see a cut with that stuff put in. I mean, you know, you get stuff like if you watch the extended cut of More Rats, it's clear that that opening wasn't needed and the yes. film's better without it. Yeah. But unless this is the worst stuff ever shot, I fail to see how it doesn't improve this film. No, I know. It's it's really disturbing um, and disappointing as well. Um, but it, if, 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 if the entry is right, it does go a long way to explain um, a lot of that. I mean, we did say it was clear that stuff must be missing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see how... I understand how in the edit process, sometimes you can go too far, okay? If you're going to break a film, just like sometimes people say films are made in the edit room, right? Yeah. More often than not, that's where a film is fucking broken. Oh, yeah, that's where they go to die. Because there is no way you get anything in front of the camera without a script that is at least functional. The script might be awful, Okay, but enough people read a fucking script or should at this level anyway. You know, this isn't I know it's Miramax, but and I know Kevin Smith works relatively cheaply, but we're not talking pocket change anymore here. This isn't clerks. No, this is twenty four million dollars. Yeah, there's no way this goes in front of a camera with a script that is as broken as this final product is. Yeah. So that has to exist somewhere. Now, why it was cut, I don't know. Maybe this is some of the stuff that the censors had issues with. Maybe there's a whole lot of fucking being cut. Maybe. Uh, but, I mean, again, there's uh, there's a lot of talk. I mean, Seth Rogen did um, an interview not long after where he was saying how disappointed and depressed he was um, um, and the whole wrangling over the, the rating. But he said you know, something like Saw or Hostel, which had our ratings, had people you know, cutting their feet off and gouging their eyes out and shit. That's fine. But a couple of people fucking where there's nothing explicit... Yeah, they can't put in. A, they can't put in a film, and it was dumb. Yeah, fucking that. That just shows you exactly what's wrong with society, really, doesn't it? Well, but... that's that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, a, a nice touch as well in um, in reboot. Um, right at the beginning, I'm not giving anything away. Um, but they get they get taken to court, um, and 
they they are sued for the use of the names Jane Silent Bob because a movie company owns them. Okay. And again, it's it's a it's a nice little dig at um, at Weinstein. So the whole um, thing of the fact they don't own they don't own the character of Cliffs and they don't own um, Zach and Mira either, because um, Justin Long's character um, he's named in the script, um, but he's not named in the credits because they don't own Zach and Mary. Uh, Kevin Smith doesn't own Zach and Mary, but it's, uh, it's 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 he's acknowledged it was a it was, it's the same character. It's a bit of a dig because they're not allowed to exist in the same universe. Mm. Um, by the way, there are forty three deleted scenes. Fuck. 43 scenes yeah which yeah i mean if, yeah, if that comes an hour and a half or more i mean 90 94 minutes i mean that's that's a movie in itself i've just found them on youtube as you can probably tell when they start playing um <laughs> so they exist um they're on youtube yeah i mean it may be worth a look and seeing them christ i'm half tempted to, to download it and try and recut it um, I've thought about doing that with many films. I've not thought about doing it with this one. Uh, oh, well, I hasn't I until I realised there's an hour existed. and a half of deleted scenes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they're all kicking around on you, or at least quite a lot of them appear to be kicking around on YouTube. So if you want them, they're out yeah, there. They are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've kind of covered it, but I've, I've got to ask because it's the name of the show is this film better than Super Mario Brothers? Oh, I don't know. Um,. <laughs> Yes, I'm going with yes, only because the problems are not legion. They are just huge. Um, Honestly, if you put them both in front of me right now, I'd probably watch Mario Brothers. Um, There's no way I can say it's worse than Super Mario Brothers. No. I mean, I, I mean, I'm the same. I, mean, I, 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 I'm not sort of uh, as conflicted as you clearly are. I mean, I, I'd say it's better. I think that the, the structure, the structure is an issue. Um, knowing how much was cut out um, makes it a little more palatable. Um, but again, I'm more curious as to why that is. Um, I think the the reason I'd say it's better is that even as as a, a complete film, um, Mario doesn't um, doesn't hold my attention the same way this does. So I think that's that's it for me. Is that even as two thirds of a film, this has grabbed me more. Um, but yeah, I mean, the problems with it, I said they're they're pretty big in some places. But again, I I I I think that for for what they are and where they've come from, I think that you can. Well, maybe, maybe I'll watch the deleted scenes and find out actually whether whether it does make a difference. But um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a it's a question. I think it's uh, clearly better. Um. Yeah, I'll go with it's better, but yeah, it has it has left me conflicted. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. So I mean, as always, we'd love to know what people think. Um, I mean, we've talked, we've we've mentioned a lot of films in uh, in in this episode. Um, I mean, Kevin Smith films in general tend to be quite polarizing. Um, but yes, yeah, so we'd love to know what people think. Um, opinions on this film, particularly um, what you liked, what you didn't like, apart from the tits, because everybody likes boobs. Um, but yeah, you know, let us know what you think. Um, you can get in touch with us via our website that's ddpodcast.net uh, on facebook with the double down podcast network on twitter at ddpodcastnet um but yeah reach out let us know what you think but until next time see you later